we would like to issue a warning. This week's episode contains sensitive subject matter. There will be discussion concerning sexual assault and rape. We urge you to please check the timestamps in the show notes so that you may best prepare yourself. Thank you for listening to Poor Life Decision and on with the show. <laughs> My computer screen literally went black. It just went black. <laughs> that has never happened before. Like a young Akon said, nobody wants to see us together, but it doesn't matter. Listen. <laughs> And welcome back to Poor Life Decision. I'm Chris. And I'm Doyen. And we are happy to be back with y'all tonight. <laughs> so Doyen, so <laughs> I'm just going to warn everybody now, um, we both have been pre-gaming the drinks. Yeah, um, we have like a pre-pod drink. <laughs> my face is a little warm. <laughs> so Doyen, what are you drinking on tonight? Well, um, I found this in my random uh, liquor store excursion. If you live in Texas, you know about Total Wine, and you just go in there, and there's so much alcohol. But um, it's called Esme Gin. It's from France, so it's kind of bougie. But um, it has juniper notes, but also cucumber and rose petals, and it's just so florally and just tasty. So you just got to add, of course, tonic water because always tonic water and it's so great okay what are you drinking well i am not um, drinking anything from france (laughs) (laughs) i am drinking so even though i'm supposed to be avoiding dark liquor um but i had a setback so tonight i am drinking old smoky Tennessee moonshine. Mm. And it is is blackberry moonshine. And once again, I was told all I needed was a few cubes of ice. But that (laughs) was was not true. (laughs) And so it actually probably would have gone better like with a Sprite. But all I had was a can of Coca-Cola in my purse that I bought (laughs) as a vending machine at work, but didn't drink it. (laughs) So I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to make do with this. Because normally my go-to is tonic water if I need something. But actually, I think this would have been better with Sprite. So I will have to try it again with Sprite. But it's pretty okay. Whiskey is an official friend of the pod because we love whiskey we're just trying to be a little bit lighter in our life right now but we are girls that love brown liquor i i am a girl who (laughs) loves brown liquor and in an attempt to you know better my life and make better choices i try to switch to light liquor clear liquor but yeah yeah had a little setback It's okay. You can just get back up and try again next time. <laughs> I will. I will. Did you do anything exciting this weekend? Um, I actually went to Affirmation Summit by this brand called Honeybee Natural. And it was just such all a of that, great... All of that sounds so sweet. Like yeah. Affirmation, Honeybee, all of that sounds so sweet. Like you walked in and it just smelled good. And... Mm. <laughs> 
Because mm. a lot of just like awesome black girls. Um, I can smell the shea butter. Mm. For breakfast, they had like yogurt bar, but also they had lactose free yogurt, which just got me in my feels because, you know, lactose intolerant. Mm. <laughs> and it's a struggle. So, you know, most people ain't looking out for your lactose needs, but they did. But um, it was a really great um, summit. It was just a really great group of people. We did um, all kinds of things. So we learned about uh, dynamic mindfulness. We did a sensual dance to a phenomenal woman. We did a brush lettering class for writing our affirmations out. And then okay. we did these um, DIY facial sprays to refresh us and remind us to affirm ourselves. So. It was really great. It was kind of like very hippy dippy black girl, but I loved it. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I mean, you went, you spent your weekend bettering yourself, being all positive. I spent my weekend catching up on Greenleaf. So I'm completely, I, I am completely caught up on Greenleaf. <laughs> Well, I would say I spent Saturday morning and afternoon bettering myself, and then Mississippi State drug me back down oh, no. in the dirt. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> While we lost in Kentucky. <laughs> listen, listen, we are both longtime state fans. We know what this is. Like, we fall down and we get back up. <laughs> And we we know what this is. You're not going to be a state fan and have good blood pressure. It's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So (laughs) anyway, moving on. Okay. So this week I wanted to try like a new segment. So I heard that y'all like my, um, my black experiences. (laughs) <laughs> becoming more black experiences so i actually came up with a thing called this moment in doyen's black history now it's probably a part of everybody's black history but it's occurring to me and it's new so i'm gonna share so yes. <laughs> today i heard about earl sweatshirt have you ever heard of earl, earl sweatshirt vaguely so uh, when you first said it my first thought was i don't know who that is and then i thought <laughs> wait a minute isn't he that guy with Tyler, the creator, which, uh, odd future. Wait, no, wait, I forget the name of their group anyway. <laughs> and so Doyen, is he the guy with Tyler, the creator? I don't know. I'm almost but... certain. <laughs> this is what I learned about Earl Sweatshirt. Yes. My so... Google's told me he is. <laughs> So his first album was called I Don't Like Shit, I Don't Go Outside. And I kind of like identify with that. Oh my God, he that. is me. He right. Is me. <laughs> I totally identify with that. Um, so it came out in 2015. And according to Complex.com, his fans are really excited because he's coming out with a new album. So um, if y'all know Earl Sweatshirt, please share with me some songs you like and I'll check it out. But I just, it cracked me up because his name was Earl Sweatshirt. And first of all, you don't know that many people our age named Earl. Let's start no. there. <laughs> is that his real name? I don't know. But would you want to go by Again, Earl as your stage name? Let me go to my Googles. So, <laughs> no, that is not his real name. I cannot pronounce his real name. And I don't want to 
be disrespectful. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say so Earl okay. is not his <laughs> Earl is not his real name. Maybe Earl is his persona though. Maybe he feel like an Earl on the inside. So that would be like me and like I feel like Claudine on the inside sometimes. See, I'm Betty. I'm definitely a Betty. <laughs> Like, I like a stiff drink and I make a mean macaroni and cheese from scratch. I'm definitely a Betty. I was just mean. <laughs> the, the, you know what? You are, <laughs> you are not me. <laughs> it's that, you know, my, my ears have um, moonshine in them, so it took a second for me to hear that. Um, but I'm glad you brought him to my attention. I think I first heard of him through Solange I think she's a fan and she tweeted something about him like way back when she used to tweet so now that you've brought him back to the forefront I am going to go uh, to Apple Music and see what I can find see if I can get into Earl Sweatshirt yeah he does a lot of songs with like other people so you know check out Mr. Sweatshirt Mm. let me know what you think Mm, I sure will Uh, so I guess we can go ahead and diddy bop into our current event section. Let's do it. Um, the first thing that um, I saw this week that just kind of made me chuckle was um, I saw an article talking about how Kim is not moving to Chicago with Mr. Kanye West. So who thought she was? Who, who <laughs> thought she was going to move? Who thought Kim Calabasas Kardashian was going to move? Just, to the shot. <laughs> Maybe she could live like off of like one the Great Lake that's in Chicago or something. Like I didn't expect her to be like, you know, south side of Chicago. Or I mean, whatever. no, she's not gonna be in the middle of Chirac or nothing like that. But <laughs> and, and they do have some very beautiful neighborhoods and some very uh, yeah. upper echelon places in Chicago. But I just can't see her leaving California. Like, yeah, period. No matter where they move. But also weather-wise, like, once you live in California, like, Chicago. Oh, that's true. I haven't even been up to Chicago. My boyfriend lives in St. Louis. And um, I remember he took me to the river. And when that Mississippi River wind smites you, (laughs) it's just like none other. And so I can't even imagine. That's just a little piece of what Chicago is doing to you on a regular basis. I don't have time for that. I've I've got a good girlfriend. Um, you also know her. She's a mutual friend who lives and works in Chicago now. <laughs> and I remember her talking about like the cold and like you need a real coat. Like your Mississippi coat not gonna cut it because you know <laughs> you know we can wear I can wear a windbreaker <laughs> or you know I have I have a <laughs> I have a cute little pea coat for you know when it gets. Mississippi cold, but you go to Chicago, yeah, you get no. real cold. <laughs> I visited my friend in Ann Arbor, and like I was not prepared. I I packed my pea coat, and like she had to lend me like a trench coat. Like I thought trench coats were just the cute things you wear over no. to your boo or something. They keep you dry. No. <laughs> yeah, cause snow is wet. You need a trench coat. Oh, I don't have time for that. <laughs> well, so okay. Speaking of Kim. Mm-hmm. So, so guys, we keep like a running notes between us and we just bounce notes back and forth. And so <laughs> I put Kanye down and I was like, LOL, because I really didn't want to talk about Kanye. I had him on the list last week. If you can remember doing, I had him on the list last week and then I took him off at the last minute. <laughs> 
because I'm over him. <laughs> but I felt like he just really won't stop. So, okay, Kanye, that's fine. You want us to talk about you? That's fine. So first he starts all this, all this, he's posting a lot now, just random stuff, just random stuff. And he's tweeting a lot of random stuff. And it's really annoying to me. Uh, it's just really annoying because this is what he does when he's about to drop some new music. And then did you see his, <laughs> did you see his IG rant? So you did tell me about it. I decided not to read it. But <laughs> I just, that's a lot of no, words. There, I, they, there I don't were... read like long IG captions, even from my friends. Like if it's longer than three lines, I don't know what to tell you. I didn't read it. Same. Same. But, but you didn't have to read. You could just watch the video. Because I didn't yeah, read. I saw, yeah, I saw the like clips and stuff. The thing about it is um, you also got to think about like, you know, Vincent Van Gogh and like Sylvia no, Plath. And no, how like they were crazy in their no, letters, but they didn't have Instagram. No, Think about it. Think no, about if Van Gogh had mm -mm, Instagram. Mm -mm, <laughs> mm -mm. We're not going to do that to good brother Vincent. We're not going to do that to him. <laughs> I just feel like he's just. <laughs> he has a lot of emotions. And I feel like he's not the first like artist to be crazy like I feel like there's been so many artists that have been crazy all this time that they just we weren't subjected to their thoughts because they didn't have Instagram you know you bring up a really good point oh wait a minute okay so I know I'm not supposed to have my phone out but it's sitting right here mm. <laughs> and I just got a CNN uh notification that Dunkin Donuts will be taking the word donuts out of its branding Good, because their donuts are trash. <laughs> <laughs> because because they want to re they want to relabel the brand as a beverage led company, and I agree with that. I love their coffee. I don't like their donuts. Their okay. donuts are like super trash. So I this is a step forward. I like I have with the I have bullshit. <laughs> yeah, no, no, but let me now let me tell you something, okay. <laughs> When you are leaving the club on a drunken night, there is nothing like IHOP, and they have this cheeseburger where they got a fried egg on top of the cheeseburger. I'm going to stop you right now. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing you order is pancakes at no! IHOP. <laughs> no, drunk, but not, not at night after the club and you are drunk. If I, drink, I if I eat pancakes, drug, it's gonna so. be all over the floor somewhere. <laughs> it's still gonna be pancakes. You no. If you want a burger, you go to McDonald's. You get a McDouble with Big Mac sauce on it. But <laughs> I, listen, you I don't agree. go to IHOP for burgers. <laughs> I agree. McDonald's is a perfect spot for when you are drunk, but. When you with the crew, the crew want to go to IHOP. So you need, I'm telling you, you need, I don't know what the name of it is, but it is a cheeseburger and they got a fried egg smack on top of the cheeseburger. And a friend of mine convinced me to try it. And I was like, mm -mm, girl, that don't make no sense. And then when I got it and I tried it, I know that's how I need my burgers from now on in my life to have a fried egg right on top of the burger. And I've only, I've only eaten it drunk. Like I've never had this burger sober. So, so don't trust me when I say that. It's good. 
Um, you just gotta get you out of Mississippi. There's a lot of places <laughs> out in the world with burgers and the fried egg on top, and it's great. And you don't have to go to IHOP for that. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Yes, please expose me. Okay, okay. So, okay, so go ahead. So back to Kanye. So back to Kanye. <laughs> so I, you know, I'm a huge Kanye fan, and I love him, and I'm I'm just so hurt by his the turn that he's taken and what he's doing right now just feels like antics and I'm sick of it. And it makes me feel like he thinks I'm dumb. And yeah. it just, it just makes me want to tell him, well, go sit down somewhere. Like it, I, I'm done. I'm done. And I've been done for a long time. I was done before the slavery was a choice comment. I'm done. And yeah, I want the but, antics to stop. Yeah. I really feel like, he would get so much further with the black community if he would stop with the antics. Like, there are some people that are like, ooh, Kanye was crazy. I'm still going to listen to this. But there's a lot of more people that are like, we can't support this. Right. And I don't know why he feels like he... Like, he's Kanye West. He is talented. And so literally, he... He could be like Beyonce. He could literally just drop an album on a Thursday night and we'd still listen to his stuff. There's no need for him to act crazy There's around no this. need. There's no need. But the last thing I'm going to say before we move on, because I don't want to talk about him all night. But <laughs> in his rant, so, mm-hmm. so first of all, I don't know why he decided that Instagram was the place instead of just calling these people. But oh. He he lets he's letting you know Drake know that his spirit is not right because <laughs> people are saying that Drake slept with Kim and you know he shouldn't have put Kiki in his song and he's upset with Nick Cannon and I don't even know why he's upset with Nick Cannon <laughs> and, and everything is just on his spirit and his spirit just not right they hurt his spirit and his spirit and his spirit. Well, he hurt my spirit. <laughs> yeah. And I just I just feel like, you know, first of all, Kanye, nobody thinks or I do know that there was a Twitter thread talking about, you know, Drake possibly hooking up with Kim and talking about how uh, they did link Kiki. And I used to be a huge fan of Keeping Up with Kardashians. I used to watch the show years ago. Um, and so I do know that they do call her Kiki, but yeah. no one, no one thought that he was referring to Kim. I don't think he was, and I don't think anyone assumed that. So let that go. And I don't know uh, what he's upset with Nick Cannon about, but I did like Nick's response was like, come on a while and out, and let's handle yeah. this on the show. Like, I liked his response. I like totally feed into the Drake Kanye beef thing, but uh, oh, yeah. Drake is another problem for another day that we'll discuss in another moment. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll get more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> what's next on the docket? Um, so we're gonna talk about Super Bowl. Oh. And it's really funny because they like they hire these classic white people uh, to do the Super Bowl, and then they're like, "Wait, nobody's gonna be entertained by this," and they add another people. So, like, um, a few years ago, Coldplay was yes. a Super Bowl person. Yes. But guess who he invited? Beyonce and Bruno Mars, who were like the best (laughs) Super Bowl performances then. Um, In Maroon 5, I I do like Maroon 5. Yes, I do. But they also, 
it's weird. Like the song they have with Cardi, which is like number one right now, is more of like they sang and then they let Cardi B have like one verse at the very end. Yeah. <laughs> but it's enough to get them number one, you know? Yeah. And then who who else is they? It was a rapper. Um Travis Scott? Yeah, Travis Scott. Yeah. Well, okay, so I have a quick question because I'm a little confused. So Okay, so whoever is deemed the headliner, do mm-hmm. they decide who they're going to bring on as guests, or does the Super Bowl decide who's going to come on as guests? I want to, because mm, the thing about Coldplay was like Beyonce was like best friends with Gwyneth Paltrow, which is like Coldplay guy's ex wife. Yeah. So I always thought that they decided. I, I think I, I think it is the headliner that decides, which. Yeah. In that case, you know, and I already like Maroon 5, but in yeah. that case, I like them even more because how are you going to host the Super Bowl in Atlanta, in Hotlanta, <laughs> at Black Mecca, and then you have Maroon 5 performing? So I am I am glad that they invited Black artists to come to the stage. And to be honest, these are two Black artists who would probably never... Now, I can, I actually can see someone else inviting Cardi as a guest. Yeah. Um, because she's I mean, popping. she was really big in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I could, I could definitely see someone inviting her as a guest. But Travis Scott, who is great. I love Travis Scott. I don't really see him getting invited as a guest by very many people. So I'm glad he's getting that opportunity. Yeah, I'm excited to see what it's like. Uh, Also, it's also kind of tricky because, like, I am not fooling with the NFL right now. Oh, no. But um, even last year I wasn't. But, you know, the Super Bowl, especially as somebody who likes advertising, is like, you know, Christmas for me. So (laughs) I might watch the Super Bowl. Well, what I what I typically do because I never watch the Super Bowl. I just go to parties because there's food, booze, and men there. So I'm typically at a Super Bowl party, <laughs> um, <laughs> but I don't really watch. But the next day, I usually like some some website will have yeah. all the commercials there, and that's usually where I go back and watch the commercials because I love Super Bowl commercials. And then if the performance, like. So when Beyonce, when when she was the headliner, of course I watched live and in person then. And then I also watched when Coldplay brought her on. Um, But uh, other than that, I watched the performance the next day. And typically I, especially this last year, and I will do it again this year because of the boycott, I watch on YouTube and I make sure that it's like, not an official page, but it's yeah. like somebody who just uploaded it. Because you're not going to get my, count my, my You're view. not going <laughs> to count my view in the film. So, yeah, that's how I handle that. And I'm excited for Cardi, and I really want to see her. I mean, I like Travis yeah. Scott, too. I really haven't taken the time to sit down with Astro World the way I should. So but I'm excited here. for Cardi. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited for Cardi. Um. So this is like the most hilarious news oh, or God. news and responses that I saw all week. <laughs> so Michael Kors is trying to buy Versace. Well, he did. They closed. They closed on it. He got it. But 
part of it was like Versace fans were mad, but also like Twitter. I don't even know if these people can afford Versace, but they had some hilarious stuff about. So one our one fan was like, Michael Kors is cheap fabric for soccer moms. How's he gonna <laughs> buy Versace? And I was like, what? <laughs> but we so far off guard. He bought, which I mean, that was a classic tweet, okay? But he bought, they bought Versace for only like two billion. So, I mean, to, to me, but but you know, to yeah. me, that seems like a low ball for Versace. So, are they struggling over there or something? It's just, it was the sheer number of Twitter people who were like, Versace didn't die for this. <laughs> but Listen. but also like I think at the end of the day, like especially with like our generation where we've grown up through a recession and had to get jobs in a recession and things like that, like conspicu- conspicuous luxury is just not at the high that it used to be anymore. And I think a lot of their clientele is dying out. So I, I do wonder if they're, like, struggling, but I'm just like, I also don't want to see Versace and TJ Maxx. That's just not what needs to happen. Exactly. And see, that's what, so I'm glad you brought that point up because you know more about, like, that kind of stuff than I do. <laughs> I research your- it. <laughs> but also being in your field, and you know more about marketing than I do, but yeah. that just struck me because... I just feel like Versace is worth more than $2 billion. Or, and then I started questioning myself. I was like, well, or am I that desensitized to money? Not like I have it, but, you know, (laughs) am I that, you know, that I think $2 billion isn't a lot? I mean, of course I know it's a lot, but I just would expect Versace to be worth more than that. Like, I don't know. It makes me wonder what's really going on because not only is this your brand, but that's your family's name. Like that's your family legacy. You know, Donatella, I I just, I can't even get the words because moonshine, but I'm just saying (laughs) that just seems like a cheap price. And I don't want to see all the soccer moms in Versace. I feel like Ideally, and I think it will be that Versace is still going to be Versace, and then Michael Kors is still going to be like people walking around in Michael Kors, and you're like, how can they afford Michael Kors? You know, like it's just like I think Michael Kors is still going to be that low end brand in the grand sense of like luxury because it's new and people really don't. You know, people really don't move towards it except for certain demographics. And I think, I just hope that Versace just stays where it is. If I see it in TJ Maxx, I am going to go fight Michael Kors. Like, I feel, I feel personally, I feel personally responsible. Yeah. If Nikki starts making, like, rhymes about Versace and rhyming Versace with Versace, we're going to fight. That's all I'm going to say. See, I, was, I wasn't even going there. I'm just saying, like, I, so... I love glasses and you love frames too. Like yeah. that was one thing we bonded over. But my favorite pair of frames that I get all my compliments on are Versace. But of course yeah. that's my old prescription. So my new my new 
glasses that I have are Tom Ford, but I wanted to go with the Versace, but I was like, nah, I can't buy the Versace back to back. But now I feel personally yeah. responsible. Like they needed my coin. This is all your fault. <laughs> it's all my fault. <laughs> Meanwhile, so, their uh, red wine glass is still $550. So, Oh, they ain't struggling that bad then. So, go ahead. I was just going to go on with our list of current events. Alyssa, if you had anything else to say about Versace. No, I'm done with Versace, but I did want to take a brief moment to talk about Bert and Ernie. Just a brief moment. Because (laughs) I grew up on Sesame Street, and I love Sesame Street. So, you know, first of all, I don't think this was new news. It seems like I remember the news breaking when I was in high school that Bert and Ernie were supposed to be gay. And I remember that being like mm, 90, 98, 99, maybe. So I don't know why we're coming back to this again. But yeah, I mean, well. News just seems to be on like a cyclical basis, but yeah, like I mean, Bert and Ernie, they were adult roommates. Like after like thirty, nobody has adult roommates, <laughs> so, so it's just like you know, <laughs> unless you live in New York. <laughs> oh, this is true. So, but they I, were like a suburban Sesame right. Street. Roommates, I just think and- I just think people are making a big deal. And I don't know what the big deal is. Like, yeah. I remember hearing about it when I was in high school. And I remember thinking, okay, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. But as a kid, I actually, because that's what people are like, I don't want to expose my children. And I should decide when I teach my children. And it's like, your kid, listen, yeah. your kid listen. either looks at them and think like me, because I looked at them and thought, why they live? Adult roommates. No, I, when I was a kid, I thought, why they live by themselves? Why they mom and daddy? Why they mom and daddy ain't over there? Why they always in the bathtub and ain't nobody making them get out the tub? <laughs> like that was what That's I like, thought. I never, looked, I never. <laughs> but they're always like because that's yeah. just because like I used to have to get made to get out of the tub, <laughs> so I would just be like, why they always by themselves? They don't never have an adult around because I looked at I, them. I thought they were other kids, I guess. I don't know. I guess. I don't but know. I guess is- to me, like, I just took it at face value. I was like, oh, we're singing a song about the rubber ducky. Like, I just never thought anything about it. Right. And I think for most kids, they're also going to be like that. And so it's not like an affront to your heterosexuality. Exactly. These guys are in a bathtub together singing about the rubber duck. And this is not. Some people that. I guess I thought higher of were just making comments that I thought were just dumb because I'm like, even if your young child asks you about these two men who live together, or even if your young child has a question about a gay relationship, you don't have to go into detail. Like I wouldn't go into detail about a hetero relationship. I'd be like, baby, they love each other. When you love each other, you live together. That's what you do. And right. leave it at that. Like people were, people were acting like they had to explain anal to their kids. And I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> calm down. 
you don't have to get to that level. They barely <laughs> uh, explain heterosexual sex exactly. to their kids. Exactly. <laughs> I'm like, y'all, calm down. If oh, it's oh the children, oh the children. I'm like, if your child has a question, which probably they don't, because they're probably not even thinking of it. But if they have a question, just tell them, baby, they love each other. We just like we all love each other, so we all live here. They love each other, so they live together. I just didn't yeah. see it being a big deal that people made it to be. You know, people love making big deals out of that's, nothing. That's, that's my think piece. <laughs> Mind your business. Drink some water. That's all. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. So um, this is something that came out today. And so I feel like we do have to talk about it today. And that was um, Bill Cosby in his <laughs> sentencing today. <laughs> Pudding pops. <laughs> and so, like, I I was even, like, just talking to my boyfriend about it earlier. And it's just, like, it's been, like, a journey with this whole Bill Cosby thing. So, like, when it first happened, like, I didn't want to believe it because I super love Cosby show. And then I kind of just, you know, realized, okay, Cosby show was his art it was the message that he scripted and put out it doesn't have to do anything with the fact it was who he was as a person and what he did as a person and so I kind of had to come to like you know there was a dissonance between who he was and who he scripted out for me to believe he was and so I just had to come to you know the realization that like that's not who he is so like that was like uh, it was a process, especially when all this stuff was coming out. But by the time he was like in jail, by the time all the, really by the time like the newspaper articles came out with all of the women and all that he'd done to all of them, I was like, done with that guy. So by the time today happened, I was like, well, I actually expected him to have more time in jail than he did. <laughs> so I was like, three to 10 years isn't that bad. I also think that, like, you know, he's older. And yeah. so I don't know if he's going to even make that three to 10 years. I, I expect them to suspend the sentence and just do, like, I don't know, I don't know, house arrest or something. I don't expect them to make him go to jail mm -hmm. um, just because of who he is. Yeah. But, you know, so when all of this came out and people were acting surprised, you know, so we've stated before, you know, Dorian's a little younger than me. <laughs> so I know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I know, like, you might not remember these things, but I remember being younger. My dad has always called him Peel Cosby. Always. My oh, wow. dad has always called him Peel Cosby. These are things that we knew. None of these things were brand new. It's just that they were being brought to the forefront again, but they weren't yeah. brand new. We all knew this. So, and my thing was, <laughs> I guess what kind of shocks me or I don't know, is that he never really, he's not, he's never denied what he did. Yeah. He, he said, yeah. His thing was though that, well, that's what we did at that time. That's what everybody did at that time. You know, we we take some drugs and we relax. And, you know, I get that if I condone to taking these drugs, but now if you sneak yeah. in these drugs, then that's different. And also, 
you know, men have to be aware of power and influence and that makes a difference. But I just, I don't know. And that's, well, the thing about like, so back then they did drugs or drugged women and they felt like that was okay. I think very soon in our, in our day, we're going to see that there's a time of reckoning of just not even putting stuff in people's alcohol, but literally offering your girl alcohol over and over again until she gets drunk so you can have sex with her. And, you know, like, no. the thing about it is, like, that's, like, legit. The same thing that happened with him was, like, yeah, like, there's so many times that guys will offer you drinks and drinks and drinks because they're trying to get your... um but he got guards down and things like that. And it's like, yeah, that's not today. That's it's starting to near that point where people are starting to frown upon that, but it's not, you know, what people frown upon right now. I've, I've had a guy tell me before, like he came over to my house and I fixed him a drink and I really wasn't drinking anything. And he was like, you aren't going to drink. And I was like, uh, no, I don't really want anything. And he kept trying to make me, drink yeah well and and the truth was i i was still hungover from the night before so i was like i really don't want to drink and and i just flat out asked him i said why are you trying to make me drink i said i mean honestly i'll do the same thing so whether i'm drunk or not as far as what was gonna go down and he was like yeah but you're a little more relaxed and it's a little, you're a little more fun. It's a little better when you've had drinks. And so at that point I was like, okay, so what you need to do is put that glass down because I don't want you to get a DUI and you need to leave. Yeah. Because and you're, it, not gonna, you're not going to sit in my face in my own home and tell me that you need to get me drunk. Like, no. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I just, I just feel like the day of reckoning is coming in the future where... Like, you can't just get me drunk because you want to. Even, like, the notion of, like, guys are like, oh, I bought her this drink, and then she'd give me no play. Like, oh. alcohol is not a s- contract for sexual favors. Oh it's just not. <laughs> so, oh my God. I, I, think, I think the days are coming when that's really going to, it's going to be a time of reckoning for that. And um, I'm excited about that because, um. We have a rape culture, and we really need to just start reckoning for the the things that are happening. But also, I, um, go ahead. What are you going to say? Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that you know I think that for so for a lot of the people in my age group and probably up a lot of them don't fully understand what rape culture is. And I think, I think that it's going to get better though, because one huge part of rape culture is stop preaching to girls. Don't get raped and start preaching to boys. Hey, don't rape and start teaching boys about consent because I am not, I am not in any shape, form or fashion taking up for anyone, but I, do think as someone who talks to a lot of young guys for mm-hmm. for work, I think a lot of these boys don't understand what consent is. And yeah. they think that as long as 
the girl isn't physically fighting you off of them, that means no. But if that's not happening, then it's all go. So I think we have to do a better job at teaching our boys about consent. Um, Not just us, because I feel like at the end of the day, like the whole narrative around rape and just like trying to avoid rape is always on the women. Like the moms need to teach their sons about rape. Uh, The girls need to avoid rape and things like that. And it's just like, I want, you know, men to sit down and talk with other men and let them know, like, uh, I mean, so even like the, um, even in R&B, like there was times that they're talking about like, like R. Kelly when he's saying, you know, oh God, you know, My mind's telling me no, but my body's saying yes. Like, no, like, if if any part of me is saying no, please leave me alone. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's all there is to it. Like, do you think people... that, but do you think that most of men are equipped to even have that conversation with boys? Well, they need today? to learn it because we they cannot do. be the only line of defense against rape. Right. Somebody like the whole notion of like coercion and trying to like push it and push it and push it until she's like, oh, just leave me alone. Like, just go ahead and do what you want to do. Like, that's not okay either. Like, if she says no the first time, leave her alone. Right. <laughs> that's, how that's, right. that's right. And I think that people get real defensive. But, and I think too, a lot of a lot of women that I've heard, and I've heard some of their arguments for why they side with some of these men that I would not side with. Mm-hmm. I think that everybody doesn't agree with or doesn't understand what sexual assault is. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, you know, it's like this. I know that I've been in some grimy situations that I would never want my nieces to be in. Or I would, if I had a daughter, I would never want my daughter to be in. And all of that is a part of rape culture. And I would never, you know, and even the fact that as a young adult, there were times and situations, or as a teenager, there were Mm -hmm. times when I blamed myself, even though I knew fully well, (laughs) if I had a friend who was saying, this happened to her, I would have been like, girl, that's not your fault. Even though I'm knowing that I would have told someone else that's not their fault. I was still beating me up for, well, girl, you never should have gotten a car with that boy in the first place. Right. Or you should have never, (laughs) you should have wore that little skirt in the first place, even though you was looking good. (laughs) Like, you know, so I just think that those conversations are important and they need to start happening. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, yeah, both with like the boys in your life and the girls in your life. It's just at the end of the day, it's just it has to be stopped. Um, yes. I think the um, statistic is one in four girls. The thing about it is, like, even though that's like that's really a guesstimation because a lot of girls um, don't even report their rapists. Right, right, and it's just it's horrible how like rampant it is but i'm not gonna leave y'all on that sad note (laughs) thank you thank you so the next um my political oh 
I did actually, before we leave Bill Cosby, I did want to talk about um, Brett Kavanaugh, which is, again, uh-huh. the guy that is running for or being he makes me nominated. And I mean, first there is a girl from high school and now there is a girl from college. And I just found it interesting that the same people who probably are very adamant and feel ill will towards Bill, bet you would also say, hey, let's leave Bill's past in the past. I mean, not Bill, Brett's past in the past. (laughs) It's just so interesting just to see. Well, you know that Brett, you know, he worked on Ken Starr's staff. Mm -hmm. So he helped Ken Starr prepare uh, a huge part of his argument and I don't I don't want to misquote him but Brett's comment back at that time was something to the effect of well we need to get down to the bottom of this what speaking of Bill Clinton even if it brings out painful horrible truth that's that was how he was to somebody else and I got um so I have CNN alerts on my phone. And so I got an alert a little bit before we started recording about that they are going to go ahead and vote on his nomination Friday, which yeah. is one day after Dr. Ford is going to give her testimony. So they're not even going to, they're not, they don't care. They yeah. don't care. And they're not even going to take what she says into account. And well, it's just, it's just, it's just awful. Yeah, because, I mean, Brent's kind of wishy-washy because he was like, uh, after, you know, Nixon, he was like, I don't know if a president should be, like, impeached. But and that's it's the just only reason the why only thing, but the only, the weird thing about it is, like, like, Biden was big about, you know, speaking out against this. But he's the same one who fought against Anita Hill. So <laughs> at the same time, it's like the, it's just the same type of person. But because it's different party lines, they're taking different stances. So I'm just like, uh, Biden, while I love you, um, I think you're super hot. But <laughs> you were super trash when it came to... Yes. Fighting for Clarence Thomas. And at the end of the day, you fight for Clarence Thomas, and then Clarence Thomas fights for everything against who we are as people. <laughs> you know, like, and maybe he didn't know that then, but it's just weird that he wants to speak against Brett Kavanaugh and not at least like be like, okay, I was super messed up about this Clarence Thomas thing. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I super attacked Anita Hill. And I think. Before he says that, like I just can't take him serious in the situation. And that's what I don't understand is why we are not learning from history and why these people are being so, these senators are being so bold as yeah. to say, well, we'll, I mean, well, we're going to vote for him anyway, or we're going to, yeah. and I can't, I guess. That's I why know. I want them to have term limits. <laughs> I, guess, I guess I'm naive. Yeah. But in my mind, I keep thinking, Okay, why are y'all so fixated on him? Why does it have to be him? Pick another Republican. Like, you're going to pick who you're going to pick. It's going to be a Republican because you run everything right now. So why does it have to be him? Like, why have you dug your heels so deep that it has to be him? Especially the women. I mean, this man has clearly, he clearly has no respect 
for any woman. And I don't know, every time I see him sitting in an interview and his wife is sitting beside him, like I want to just, I want to punch her in the face so hard. It's like, I'm That's not saying you. Like 53% of women voted for Donald Trump. Um, 53% when, of white during, women. White women, sorry. Yes. Uh, during the suffragist movements, they were like, hey, you're letting the niggers vote, but you're not letting us white women vote. So, right. like, they, like, <laughs> white women were very much aligned with their race before they oh, aligned yes. with their gender. <laughs> so, oh, yes. I'm not shocked about it, but it's just, it does. And I just hope their day reckoning comes. But, yes. Max, um, I will talk about my happy point. So, hey. um, so Beto, um, some people call him Beto. I still like Beto. But um, <laughs> he had his first uh, debate with Ted Cruz. And so the cool thing about Beto is um, he's running for senator in Texas. And literally, like, I think the polls last time I saw it was like 50 50. Oh, like, wow. <laughs> the polls are, are so close. Who still likes Ted Cruz? Oh my God. I know. Some people, you know. Again, people who vote on party lines. But yeah. I was just like, I was telling my best friend the other day, I was like, okay, so I want Beto to run for senator. And well, he is running for senator and win. And then in 2020, I want him to run for president because he's like low key my white Obama. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I like you galvanize all these Texas people and like so many like Texas people feel like Texas is a red state. But honestly, like, all of our big cities are kind of blue. And so there's, like, for once in my life, living in a conservative state, I am excited. And I feel like there's a chance we could at least be purple, if not blue. Yeah. <laughs> and it excites me so much. So I'm just super excited about Beta, And, um, you know, and the thing about it is, even on a local front, like he's, you know, been to both films, like protests and his funeral. And he like literally just has been all over Texas trying to explain to people who he is and like what he wants to see for Texas. And he, he legit, like even in the uh, protests, I mean, not the protests, the um, debate was talking about like the issues of black people you don't see that ever no. <laughs> so i mean of course it's probably very calculating because you know we can galvanize we can get together and vote like like we did against roy moore and things like that but calculating or not he's actually talking about our our interests and our needs and i'm super excited about him I'm not that familiar with him because I'm not in Texas, but yeah. I see him all over Twitter and I saw a couple of his um, little clips where he's talking to people and I just immediately thought, um, I wish I could vote for him. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing about it is like with his like grassroots, like he has like legit money in his campaign and it's not just Texas people, like other people outside of Texas are noticing and they're giving him money. And that just makes me super happy. That's amazing. That's amazing. Beto for president 2020. <laughs> you know what? That's a discussion that we'll come back to later. Because I think I, 
because you know a couple of other people who are probably running in 2020, and I think we can have a good discussion about those people versus <laughs> Beto. So I'm excited. <laughs> okay, so we all love Taraji P. Henson. I mean, she's just the girl next door, the around the way girl. But she started up this foundation um, that is named after her father. And it's the Boris Lawrence Henson Foundation. And it's all centered around the Black community and mental health. And so I am excited about it. <laughs> and I, I, so I listened to like, a, I didn't listen to the whole thing, but I listened to mm-hmm. parts of her interview on The Breakfast Club. And I so like resonated with a lot of what she said. Now, I'm going to be very honest. Part of why I tuned out is because she started talking about things that are in the realm of what I do. And I felt like she didn't have the authority to speak on those things. <laughs> and I felt <laughs> that a lot of what she was saying was from a, from a personal standpoint, not from what is true. So, yeah. yeah, I just had to throw that out there. But um, so one thing that she brought up was, and I have said this, I have said this, is that especially those of us who are on social media a lot, who stay up to date with what's going on, we're living with PTSD. And mm. I firmly, I I remember when, when everything was going down in Ferguson, I was on Twitter and people were live tweeting, like this is happening in real time. And I wasn't there, but I felt like I was there. And that took yeah. a toll on me. I There's so many wonderful things about social media. There's so yeah. many wonderful things about social media, but part of the damaging side is that you can't escape it and it just puts you one thing i've 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 tried to explain to um uh white associates of mine is that these things aren't new police brutality oh these these things are not new these things have been happening in our community for a very long time and we've been screaming about it but you've been telling us we're overreacting. Yeah. But now that we have social media, we're proving that, yes, this really is taking place, even though you're still ignoring us now that we have concrete proof. But I digress. That's not what this conversation yeah. is about. <laughs> but it's about the fact that it's putting us front and center with everything. And so we can't help but to be anxious. We can't help but yeah. to have PTSD. And so... She also talked about like her her son had some issues um, after his father was killed when he was really young, and he had yeah. issues behind that. And then her father was a Vietnam vet, and of course he came back with some issues and received little to no treatment. So she started this foundation. Um, well, um, yeah, I was sorry. about to ask you. No, I was about to ask <laughs> okay. you to chime in. Go ahead. Um, part of the things, like you said, about the PTSD, um, Sandra Bland yes. messed me up on such a core level. Oh, my God. Um, 
Simply because, like, even, like, if I see a picture I read today, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's one of my friends. And then my brain's like, no, you don't know her. But she was from Texas. She's driving, like, because I drive to Houston all the time to visit my family. She's driving in these kinds of areas. She didn't turn with a signal. She yeah. was murdered. Yeah. And so, like, that's super, like, and then in my weird brain, like, she looks like she, you know, like, one of my sisters to me. And yeah. so the fact that, like, every time I see her face, I'm like, dude, that, like, could have been me, you know? And then, oh. like, like you said, like, even, like, just generally, all the research they're doing about, um dementia and Alzheimer's and how black people are over indexing because like the trauma of being black every day is ridiculous. And I don't think they understand that it really is trauma. Yeah. It is like, yeah. Like, and I mean, I'm like, I'm a first generation American. So my family's from Nigeria, but I also realize that like every single day when somebody sees me, they don't see a first generation American. Right. They see a black person. Right. <laughs> and so like right. I get this hate, like y'all get this hate. And so like exactly. I've like internalized like a lot of the things about being black in America. And it's just like it's just so much. And then um, even like when she was talking about her dad, um, I remember listening to an NPR story about this riot that happened in Vietnam because at the same time, like while they were fighting, while Black people were fighting and losing their lives for this country, they were yes. still being treated as secondhand yes. citizens. Yes. Even yeah. in their army camp. Yes. Even in their military camps. Yes. And then uh, just to come back, I mean, veterans across the board are not supported like they need to be. But if I go to Deep Ellum, Dallas, guess which veterans I'm seeing that are homeless and asking me for money? They're yeah. Black veterans. Yeah. And then part of it, I, I still feel like part of it, we as Black people are just now getting, and it's kind of like upwardly mobile middle class kind of me and you type people they're just getting to the point where we're thinking oh yeah therapy is important but there's also so many barriers to therapy there's so much like we especially as black women (laughs) we feel like we always have to act like everything's going right you know like we always have to put a band-aid on a thing yeah and so to be able to sit down and talk to somebody and I'm struggling with this as well as I'm thinking about therapy. I haven't even gotten there yet. The fact that like I have to open up to somebody is just it seems like so devastating for me to sit down and talk to somebody about all that I'm thinking and all that I'm going through. But also there's the cost. Like <laughs> you know, like the cost is so yes. Yes. astronomical. Like Okay, people are like, oh, well, you know. And to be fair, like, I did talk to somebody, and they're like, well, sometimes they do sliding scales. But, like, on average, like, my insurance is, like, $50 a session. Well, I can't see a therapist once every three months. Like, (laughs) I need to be able to see them regularly. And $50 a session is extremely, like, cost prohibitive. 
for as much as I feel like I need to see them. So I love, I love the conversation. Like I love that Taraji is bringing this to the forefront. Not, not really for us because we've talked about this in the group chat and, (laughs) and, and I'm sure other, you know, people who fit, into our mold talk about this as well and you know when you bring up Sandra Bland that reminded me the last time I got pulled over Mm -hmm. I was scared shitless and I didn't even realize how scared I was like I I was like visibly shaking like I was visibly shaky and Doyen I believe that he saw that and I believe that's what made him pull back because he yeah. was trying to give me a ticket. <laughs> but I believe, he, I believe he pulled back because he could see that I really was shaking. Yeah. And then when he got back in his car to leave, I just broke down in tears. And it took me yeah. forever to get myself together. And then I felt, I just felt so helpless. Because yeah. even in that moment when he pulled me over, in all honesty, now listen, I speed a lot and I deserve the majority <laughs> of tickets that I've received. <laughs> And I just wasn't, I really wasn't speeding then. Yeah. I could not say I wasn't speeding. I was too afraid to argue with him and say I was not speeding. Yeah. And so I was, um, he said that my brake light was out. <laughs> see? But I was just so scared. Like, I was right. just like, and he ended up giving me, like, you know, warning, but I was, I was legit scared uh, that, like, this was how my life was going to end. And which is and- crazy. And that's crazy. And that's crazy. And we live with all of this trauma. And one of the things that, you know, Taraji brings up is that how, okay, first of all, it's taboo for our community still. And the year 2018 and the year of our Lord, it is still taboo to bring up issues of mental illness in our communities. And, you know, as someone who as a profession, I work within that realm. And Mm -hmm. I spend a lot of my days telling parents, telling people, yes, you need to do this. Yes, it's okay. It's all right. It's going to be fine. Even though those are my everyday conversations, when it came to myself, I was embarrassed to go. Yeah. And, and this is why friends are so important. You know, That's I had why a the group text is so <laughs> paramount. <laughs> because I had friends who in the group chat shared that they had been to therapy. And I was like, you know what? If she went, I can go. And it yeah. really made me feel more comfortable to go to hear that I had friends who had gone to therapy as well. Yeah. And and I make it my personal goal now to let everybody know that they need to go to therapy. I even told my granny she needed to go to therapy the other day. And she was like, no, ma'am, I got Jesus. And I was like, see? <laughs> see? <laughs> but I, I will say this too, though. Um, just to, just to kind of show how I think how, how the community is moving forward a little bit. When I finally did buckle down and go to therapy, I slipped up and told my granny. I didn't mean to tell her. I I just said I had an appointment and I meant for her to take it as a doctor's appointment. And then Mm -hmm. when she asked me what it was about, I was like, oh no, it's just a therapist. (laughs) I didn't mean to say it though. But even she said, okay, because you really need some help. (laughs) 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 Which which, I mean, that's big y'all because she's really into pray it away. So... (laughs) I, I just feel that 
you know, but she she knows me. She knows I'm her baby, and she knows that I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't mm-hmm. eating. I I was, you know, I was just freaking out. I was falling apart over the smallest things. And I think that that's a that's a huge part of um us getting to go to therapy is to realize that it's not all laying on the couch and somebody trying to figure out your deep dark secrets. Like that's not how it works. You know, I just need to learn how to live every day. I just need to learn how to live. And so I really appreciate it to Roger for bringing that uh, to the forefront. Um, Doyen, I am going to take a break right now because, uh, moonshine is kicking in and I have to tinkle. So (laughs) I'm going to go refill my cups. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay, guys, we're back. And before we move on, I just wanted to um, tell everybody a little bit about what the foundation does. Um, We will have a link in the show notes. You can go check it out. But one thing the foundation does is donate scholarships for people of color, for Black people who want to major in uh, psychology and psychiatry, want to go on and get their their MD license. And so I think that is amazing. Oh, I just forgot about one thing I did want to say. Sure. Um, so she was talking about how, um, how there are barriers for therapy for black men. And I know we always think about barriers for therapy for black women and there's resources out there. Um, I'll list the link in the, um, in the notes, but there is like a website where you could actually access a list of like black women therapists in your state. But um, I also thought about like just generally like how many men are out there, black men, yeah, that other black men can see um, as a therapist. Because at the end of the day, you want to see somebody who's like you. And I just don't know how many there are yeah. for them. <laughs> I I so. did. That was important to me. And I let my medical doctor know. I let my medical doctor know that, okay, I'm ready for therapy because she'd been trying to push me to do it for years. <laughs> and I let her know I'm ready, but I want to see a black female. So I mm-hmm. let her know and I let her do the legwork. <laughs> and yeah. I don't know how, you know, I don't know how, what your relationship is with your regular doctor with your medical doctor but a regular doctor (laughs) (laughs) just your family practitioner (laughs) but she (laughs) but i told her which my family practitioner is also a black female (laughs) but i told her it but even if she wasn't i would have told her i want to see a black female so i let her do that let work and and find me someone so yeah and urge everybody to give it a try I guess for me, because like on my job, we have EAP where they'll pay for like a certain number of therapy sessions for free. But it's like you can like ask them, hey, I would like a black woman therapist and they'll give you like a list, but they don't really know the race and they kind of try to guess the race off of the name. (laughs) <laughs> but um <laughs> also like I said the black women therapist website which I will link 
Yeah. Um, does have a list, and you can also call them and ask them if they take EAP or your insurance. But um, yeah, like I'm really, I hope, hope and pray that um, I mean we're already the minority, but I really hope that like some more black men uh, take advantage of this yes. foundation and the scholarship, and um, yes, really are there for other black men. Also, that Twitter search is the bomb. Because mm-hmm. when I was uh, when I was looking for a therapist on my own, mm-hmm. I I put that in the Twitter search. I just put, I just put black therapy for girls. Yeah, <laughs> and and just uh you know so use that Twitter search. You want her anyway. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> okay, so uh, for this week's. For life decision. Oh, um, woe is me. Okay, so, you know, like I told y'all, it's been fall since August 28th, but it's legit fall <laughs> now. And um, we just wanted to talk about our favorite fall occurrence, which is cuffing season. <laughs> I am now accepting all applications. Please turn in two forms of identification and your last place of employment. Honestly, I feel like your Instagram, according to Instagram timelines, you're a little bit late for accepting applications. I know. Maybe. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Instagram says we're late, but the science. Right. Like you should have started like in like August, maybe? For but like the... at least like the uh, interest session for cuffing season. Oh no! See, I move quick. I don't. I don't need a lot of time to think about it. <laughs> and so, like, it's it's funny that because, like, as black people in, and on Black Twitter, we have named this whole cuffing season and put it on social media and put the whole schedules out. But there's like legit science behind an actual cuffing season. Chris, do you want to tell us a little bit more? about the science behind it sure so first of all i was a little surprised to see that there's like real science behind cuffing season but it makes sense it all makes sense so um tristan cooper smith hope i'm saying his last name correctly is a licensed psychotherapist and according to tristan like which we all know this, we slow down in the fall. Like we're not as busy as we are in the summer. We're not ripping and running in the summer because summertime is about vacations, beach, hanging out, having fun, doing all you can. And then when the fall comes, winter comes, we we get to that mindset where we want to just Netflix and chill. Like we just want to, we just want to stay inside and cuddle up. And Tristan, along with Dr. Fisher, say that that actually has a lot to do with our hormones, that our hormones fluctuate. Um, And they say that like hot and cold, light and dark, as far as the seasons are concerned, have a lot to do with our hormones and how we're feeling at the time. Now, I will tell you like this. (laughs) I don't know if it's hormonal, but I know in the summertime I'm hot and I don't want nobody up under me in the summertime. Don't want anybody (laughs) touching me. It's hot. (laughs) I mean, it's too hot. I'm not even thinking about sexy time because it's too hot. So 
But anyway, they say that testosterone rises in the fall and, you know, it makes us want to settle down and mate. So before we move any further with that, so knowing that our hormones fluctuate, so you have this, you have this inner calling <laughs> to want to settle down and mate. <laughs> Doyen, has that ever... So... Has it ever made you, has the desire to want to cuddle up made you make a poor life decision? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't want to be the only one. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, they say cuffing season, but also it aligns with football season for me. So, like, I (laughs) I would love, you know, to just, every time a football game on, when Mississippi State on, you come over, we both mad at the TV. And Mississippi State, <laughs> you know, like eating <laughs> snacks, drinking, having fun. Like, that's just like my ideal life anyways. <laughs> and so I, I feel like cuffing season starts when football season starts. <laughs> but I am like one of those rare girls that super loves football and I'm just like super hardcore for it. But um, uh, otherwise, I don't know. Like, I don't know when I would... Uh, I've been in a relationship for like a year and nine months. So <laughs> the, the the natural like relationship urges no, don't happen with me anymore because it's like we just in this relationship. Yeah. But I'm trying to think like, like two years ago, like when I wanted to like settle down and chill. And it is kind of like I, especially I'm a summer baby. I don't like cold weather. I don't want to go out for entertainment after a certain time. Usually in Texas, it's about November because it's warm until then. And so it's like, if I can have in-home entertainment, (laughs) that would be ideal compared to like going out and freezing. No, I am a winter child (laughs) and I am a winter person and I love it. Give me a boot and a dark lip and I am Ugh. ready to take over the world. Like I I literally get excited about the colder months because I'm ready to break out my dark lipstick, okay? I'm and- excited about dark lipstick. I don't want to go out. No, I wanna I wanna go out. <laughs> I wanna go out. And I I have purposely, so you know, being in the south, we have snaps. And so we do get we do get a little snow, a little ice. It may not be what you know other people get, but hey, it's real for us, okay? So <laughs> I, I I have purposely like gone over to a guy's house when I knew it was supposed to ice and snow because I would rather be stuck at his house than him stuck at mine personally because I don't want you in my space. So <laughs> times like that, I do feel like you know, oh, it would be nice to be wrapped up and cuddled up for a little while. I mean, like I said, eventually I'm gonna want my home space, but and that's the thing about it, like even in within cuffing season, I don't want to cuddle all night with you, like <laughs> right, right. So quick, like listen, you're just gonna get two minutes of this plushy cuddle. And then I'm going to the other side of the bed because I want to be hot. <laughs> the best time I ever had with a guy being snowed in was literally drinking hot cocoa and watching Netflix. Like we watched all of the Netflix. And, you know, we had, we had, you know, 
special time in between time. But for the most part, we were just watching that all of the Netflix and drinking all the hot chocolate. And that was like, that was the best time I ever had because I don't want to be cuddled up. I don't want to be it's under you all the time. time. It's <laughs> just hot. So anyway, um, and these people have put a lot of research into cuffing season and they've actually pulled data from like online dating sites and mm-hmm. the traffic even peaks during that time. Like, um, I'm not real familiar with um, Hinge. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not real familiar with Hinge. I heard but- Hinge nowadays is like the free dating app you want to go to if you're ready to be in a relationship. So, really, uh, I guess like, t- like two years ago, like I wanted to date. I didn't really want to hook up. And so like Tinder was hard um yeah, I heard because half of the dudes yeah like at least half of them wanted to hook up uh their yeah. soul swipe which was like the black twinder tinder <laughs> so it was like half and half on who wanted to hook up and who wanted to date um plenty of fish is just crazy like i've never even heard of that I'm don't so do that to your life the niggas are crazy <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so i heard hinge is more of like and even like Bumble was supposed to be more relationshipy, but also like being in Dallas, Bumble was very white at the time. See, mm-hmm. I heard Bumble was more for like gay men. That's what I heard Bumble was for. I've never heard that. <laughs> <laughs> See, Maybe right. it's different in Mississippi. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I'm not doing any of them, but yeah. I would if I were living in a bigger area, but you know, I don't really have any yeah. right now. I mean, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so um, and then they go on to say that we're just essentially a lot lazier in the winter, in the fall and in the winter. And cuffing season literally is just a way for us to fulfill our basic needs, like you can have a mate right here. Like you don't have to go out to the club or you don't have to go out partying and looking good and trying to find someone or whatever. Like they're right here. So um, while cuffing season is nice, it does, it ends real quick, especially when the spring happens. And I'm not like a seasonal relationship person. So that never works for me. So I kind of wanted to talk about, like, what are some other activities that you might do in, like, cold weather when you don't want to leave the house? Um, so I think you know me well enough to know my answer is going to be very limited. <laughs> <laughs> so when it's cold weather and I can't leave the house or don't want to leave the house, it's mostly catching up on television <laughs> and wine. Because I had, <laughs> I had a friend say to me the other day, she was like, when we don't come to work, I don't think you eat. And I was like, you know what? I don't think I do. <laughs> I live off popcorn and wine when I'm at home. Uh, okay, Olivia Pope, I see you. <laughs> and so when it's like, when I don't want to leave home, it's mostly just catching up on television and wine and popcorn and hot cocoa. That's it. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Unless so, I can play with my nieces, because I do love to have them over, too. So I guess for me, um, and y'all will probably learn that I'm in a long-distance relationship, so it's not that easy to, like, just cuddle up. 
But um, I've always been like a crafty person anyway. So I very much do like yarn related crafts when it's colder. So like I haven't touched my yarn all summer because I'm like yarn is hot. I don't want to touch it. (laughs) But as fall happens again in my head and not in the actual weather, um, I'm like, oh, let me go ahead and buy some yarn. Maybe I can make some hats. Um, maybe I can make some scarves. You know, like, and so, like, for me, it's, like, crafting, um, just being more creative in general. It's so productive. I know, right? <laughs> I'm the best. really <laughs> <laughs> are. No, but, like, it's just, like, you know, like, again, I, don't, I just don't want to go out and be cold and, like, do stuff and wear pants. When I could just sit at home and like crochet something. Yeah. And I do keep saying that I need to get back to doing needlework, like needlepoint and cross stitching. I love cross stitching. I do. And I I just I've bought like a lot of stuff and I haven't started any of it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's like not gonna happen. I think also like it has to be small projects. So I do like small crochet projects. Um, a lot of times I find them on Etsy and nowadays yeah. it's kind of get cooler, getting cooler, like as far as like the Etsy project. So there's, it's just like real snarky stuff. It'd be like, home is where the bride ain't, you know, like, uh, you know, love it, love hey, it. thanks for visiting leave before dying. Things like that. <laughs> like, oh, wow. So it's, really, it's really cute and snarky and it's not like the huge things that are our parents used to do before they got really good cable. So. Yeah. The last thing, the last thing I did was I made a toy box for a friend who had a baby and I actually carried that out. Um, so yeah, it's been a while and I can sew like a basic, like I can make a basic a line skirt, but I don't know. I don't know how to sew in a lining. So unless you're going to go somewhere and find a slip, <laughs> Like you really can't, you really can't wear my designs, my fashions until the summertime. <laughs> so, um, aside from dating dudes that you go um, regret in the spring, there are also yeah. lots of great things to do. Um, there's always TV, Netflix, and Hulu are there for you, no matter what the weather. But it's super super easy to, like, binge watch a couple shows. Um, I love The Bold Type. I just finished watching it, and it's not even, like, fall for real. But um, (laughs) feel free to check it out in the winter. Um, But while coming season is great, I don't feel like it's really that great of um, a a lifelong activity. Right. So, so you're really just going to drag me? Is that what you're going to do in front of everybody? I mean, I'm just saying that, you know. <laughs> that's, that's okay, though. That's okay. And No better do better. That's all. Okay. <laughs> and you know what? This fall, winter season, I actually am going to do better. I am going to make a choice to take on more actual projects and yes. not just watch TV and lay up. <laughs> and project men. <laughs> yes. Alrighty, so the next, the last, our favorite section is 
the buy you a drink section. Yay, 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 yay. <laughs> so um, for this week, I was, there's recent news that BuzzFeed actually laid off their entire podcast department yeah. um, in favor of video. And I'm like, video's fine. I hate watching videos, but, you know, other people out there. But um, I wanted to buy a drink for people who really, really affected my life. So um, back in my old job, I was the only person of color. So like literally, I mean, I had great friends, but there's still people who didn't understand me at my core level. And so uh, the ladies of Another Round podcast were like my Black coworkers in my pew, head. Pew, like pew. <laughs> Yeah, like, I, I love when they went pew, pew, pew. It was my favorite thing. But, um, yeah, like, I just felt like that was my time to really just feel comfortable, have a Black safe space where my space was very much not Black. Um, and so while Heaven left a few uh, a year or so ago to go work for SNL, um, BuzzFeed, like, unceremoniously just let go of Tracy. And at the end of the day, like, it just broke my heart because, like, literally, those girls were, even they don't know me, like, they were there for me <laughs> yeah. in a way because they're part of the podcast. In fact, they introduced me to Hamilton because they um, they interviewed Lin-Manuel, and Lin-Manuel yep. was telling them that the best way somebody could be... Um, get into Hamilton was just to listen to the soundtrack. Yeah. And um the thing about the Hamilton soundtrack is it has soothed me yes in times that like you wouldn't even realize. So except for I when went, you listen to side two and I keep telling you don't listen to side two when you side two is hard. But <laughs> Um, so usually like when we, cause I live in Texas, but my family's in Mississippi. So usually when I went to Mississippi, I would make my sister listen to it. So there was one Saturday morning in October and I got a call and they're like, you have to get home. And it was so stressful. Cause like at the end of the day, I finally found out it was about my dad and we're riding there and my sister was with me and she was like listen to Hamilton because she knew it was that soothing to me so literally it did soothe me until I was able to get home and find out that my dad had passed and so like the fact that like these girls led me to that like yeah they may not know me but I still just have a lot of love for them and I just super loved them. I hate that BuzzFeed made that decision because I just don't feel like it was a great decision. And I don't feel like it really helped because their podcasts were BuzzFeed's way of reaching out to people of color a lot of times or, you know, even queer people. Uh, just like the underserved media right. um, audiences. And I feel like it just it hurts that they decided that that was no longer worth their time or money. Right. But 
Overall, I do love Heaven and Tracy. They were just my favorite, especially Tracy because she's from the South, like me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I'm gonna also buy around for some other BuzzFeed podcasts. Um, I share Doyen's sentiment with another round. So another round was not my introduction to podcast, but I think they were my first black girl podcast. So that really meant a lot to me, but BuzzFeed has also other podcasts that I really, really like. So one is Thirst Aid Kit, and I think Joanne listens to them as well. That's my Nigerian sister, (laughs) I love them, okay? (laughs) (laughs) And then uh, Tennessee Whiskey Woman, what's her name? (laughs) That's her Twitter name, is Tennessee Whiskey Woman. The other other lady on there, but I just call her Tennessee Whiskey Woman. The one that's not been. (laughs) So, and I think their podcast is going to actually finish out the season, but then they'll be done. So I love them. I love their state kit. And they also had a really great podcast called See Something, Say Something. And this podcast was specifically geared toward American Muslims. And I enjoyed listening to it because it really... it gave me a chance to see things from someone else's perspective. And I had a lot of respect for BuzzFeed at that time, because like you said, they kind of gave, because BuzzFeed, the website can get real cheesy real fast, but (laughs) some of their podcasts really gave those of us who are marginalized a voice. And uh, also (laughs) the podcast, see something, say something, uh, really talked a lot about all the wonderful Assad memes from, <laughs> from DJ Khaled because let me tell you, that baby is living. Like, I am so jealous of his life. Uh, so, so, so I just want to buy a round for all of those and not just not just the people, not just the personalities that we know from the podcast, but also all of their pod squads were let go. Um, the engineers who worked on the podcast and their editor like not ours <laughs> <laughs> exactly made themselves professional all of those people were laid off and i don't know like i don't know what other roles they played but part of what upset me so much about them letting tracy go is tracy wasn't just a podcast personality she was also a contributor to their uh written publication to their website so yeah. you know i just I really hate that for them. I feel like all of those people are extremely talented and they'll bounce back. We will definitely keep you all in our prayers because you've introduced us to a much broader world. Like I like to think that I was open-minded and that I was, you know, more worldly than what I really am. But some of those podcasts from BuzzFeed really helped me learn a lot of things about the world. So Here's to you. Um, I'm gonna, yes, I'm friends. gonna, I'm gonna buy a round of Tennessee whiskey for everyone. Yes. No <laughs> Cosmos, all whiskey, <laughs> all whiskey, all day long. <laughs> okay, so I do have one more announcement because I, again, you're militant, um, political person. Yay. So. 
October 9th is the deadline to register to vote. Um, (laughs) We will have links for you to figure out how to register to vote. Yeah. But um, this midterms is so important. Um, Yes. 2016 was a time of inaction, and we just can't afford that anymore. We cannot continue to have the status quo of who we have in office. So your local please, elections are what matter. Local elections matter so much. So right now is uh, midterms. So there's there's a chance to take the house back. There's a chance to take the Senate back. And we just really need you to vote and just be more cognizant of what is happening around you. Um, so please register to vote. Uh, share on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat. Please tell all your friends to vote. Um, and we just hope that we can continue to make a change. 2020 is two years away, but what we can do now will help us in the future. Yes, yes. Well, um, I think that's all I have. What about you, Doyle? That's it for tonight. Um, all I have to say is... Be sure to follow us on social media. Um, yes. Our Instagram account is Poor Life Decision One Decision, yes. um, and our Twitter is like Kill the Pod. Yeah, like our posts. Like Be our, our posts. friends. We, talk we to love us. to y'all. We talk back. Yeah, we talk all the time. We ain't got nothing else. Or like <laughs> we talk bike. We talk bike. <laughs> But thank you again for listening to an amazing episode of Poor Life Decision. Uh, We will talk to y'all again. See you next week. Bye. In the septum of fifth of whiskey and necking it till I'm dizzy. I never was defenseless.